0: Welcome to the Citizens Report for the 26th of March 2021. I'm Elisa Barwick. Joining me today is Citizens Party Research Director Robert Barwick. Welcome. Thanks Elisa. And on today's show, Morrison and Ozpost wilt under spotlight and RBA, senators are revolting. So, firstly, today, Morrison and Ozpost wilt under spotlight. Now, we're going to get straight into it today. We have a very dramatic show with lots of footage to show you. Uh, which conveys the quite dramatic shift point that we have reached where there is tremendous pressure bearing down on the Prime Minister Scott Morrison. There are cracks appearing within his own coalition government which could spell... Uh, The end of his leadership could spell the end of the government potentially. Such is the dramatic um, period that we've reached. And in the thick of it is the Christine Holgate Australia Post Affair as we've been talking about regularly on the show. Now this came to a head, this situation, on Tuesday when Scott Morrison gave a press conference in response to further revelations of the debauchery going on in the Canberra bubble.
1: Well, he holds he his press conference following the Peter Van Onselen um, show the night before, which showed real depraved debauchery, sexual debauchery in Parliament House that everyone found shocking. And then um, he, he cried some crocodile tears, because, sorry, I don't have any uh, sense that he's sincere in any way. He cried some crocodile tears, and, of course, usually that gets the press off your back. But he gets this one question from Sky News, and he arcs up and he says to Sky News, "Well, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones." And he cites this case of a, an alleged complaint involving Sky News staffers, which didn't pr- prove to be untrue, basically. It, um, and News Corp hit back. Now, News Corp is Rupert Murdoch, and when it was clear that he didn't, the prime minister never the stand on that this, that that he had made an issue out of something that wasn't true um, in the way he said it, he. Rushed that night to put out an apology, right? And so the question became that we we asked the next day in a press release, "You were right to apologise on that. Where's your apology to Christine Holgate? Because the same thing happened, based on wrong information. He overreacted in in that case though in a totally over the top way. So over the top, Elisa, that when he's to- when he is trying to condemn sexual debauchery in parliament house and rape and those sort of things in recent periods he cannot muster a tone more condemning than he applied to christine holgate back in october Mm -hmm. right he's left himself no room to move so um a lot of people saw the same thing including the one and only alan jones because when alan jones lines you up he doesn't miss watch
2: yesterday scott morrison called for the better treatment of women he said He was committed to stopping women from being talked over by men, being overlooked and belittled. And he wanted women to have the same opportunities and the same voice as men. Prime Minister, what do you think Christine Holgate was thinking when she heard those remarks? The former CEO of Australia Post was forced to resign because she was trying to change the culture of Australia Post. Prime Minister, you were talking yesterday about bullying. You stood in the parliament without speaking to Christine Holgate and went ballistic You demanded she stand aside. Her voice was silenced. She'd given four Australia Post executives a watch in recognition of the work that they'd done to secure the most important deal in Australia Post's history. At the end of last month, the same Australia Post announced a six-month profit increase of 100%. Christine Holgate was the CEO for four of the six months up to December. Prime Minister, you demanded this woman stand aside while an inquiry was conducted into the Watcher's Affair, and if she didn't stand aside, you said, quote, she could go. Prime Minister, that's red-hot stuff. What's this stuff about women needing to be heard and have the same say as a man? And what of the report? It completely cleared, Christine Holgate. Is that why it was initially not released, but then released by the Morrison government on the Friday before the Australia Day long weekend? And the so-called investigation by the law firm Maddox found that, quote, There was no indication of dishonesty, fraud, corruption or intentional misuse of Australia Post funds by any individual involved, unquote. The shorthand version of the report is Holgate did not transgress any explicit board policy. Her purchase of the watches was approved by the responsible Australia Post executive. The purchases were known by the then chairman and at no stage was any objection raised by anyone. But The Prime Minister gave Christine Holgate no voice at all no right of reply. She was publicly humiliated by the Prime Minister of her country for spending $20,000 on watches. The Maddox report into Christine Holgate apparently cost $350,000. One of the report was originally kept secret leading up to Christmas. It completely exonerated Christine Holgate. The remarks of the Prime Minister in Parliament were the consequence of not checking his facts. But the Prime Minister did not recant He did not apologise. Quote, I was appalled. It's disgraceful. And it's not on. I'm so appalled and shocked by the behaviour, by a chief executive. And quote, he laid it on. It made headlines. Miss Holgate was publicly excoriated. Yesterday, Mr Morrison called for better treatment of women to stop them being talked over by men, stop them from being overlooked. One of his front benches, Karen Andrews, said... For all those women who have been treated poorly in a workplace and have been disrespected by men, I will speak up for you. Unquote. The Prime Minister disrespected Christine Holgate with all the power and authority of a Prime Minister. Neither Karen Andrews nor the Prime Minister Morrison nor anyone in the government has spoken up for Christine Holgate, nor has there been an apology.
1: So when Alan Jones did that, Elisa, and it was very, very powerful, um, you know, he hit the, the Prime Minister right between the eyes, as he should have. And it's not just, it's not just apology, though. She needs to be reinstated. Now, it's very important that, that all this pressure is coming to bear on, on Scott Morrison over this issue. If he wants to be genu- seen as genuine, you've got to actually act. Don't cry the tears. You've got to act. And in her case, he has to apologise. He has to reinstate her it. Because it's not just for her sake. It's for the Australia Post. It's for the licensed post offices. It's for the country as a whole, right? That's what we're try- That's the campaign here that we're on. So one of the things we're doing today, we're launching an actually a change.org petition. We've got an existing petition for an Australia Post bank, but a specific petition calling on him or demanding to apologise to Christine Holgate and reinstate her, right? So we'll put the link below. Please sign it immediately and share it as widely as possible. In about two and a half weeks time, there'll be a hearing in parliament for the inquiry into the, what happened to Christine Holgate. And we want to build that really big. And I also want to announce, on the day of that hearing, all the people involved in the campaign, such as the licensed post officers, the workers at Australia Post, they've they've come up with an initiative called um, Wear White to Unite. And everyone's going to be wearing white in support of Christine Holgate. We'll we'll publicise that going forward. But for now, sign the petition and share it very widely.
0: Mm. Now, after this break, we're going to watch some senators interrogating this Christine Holgate Australia Post scandal. Mm. Welcome back to the Citizen's Report, where we're discussing Mos- Morrison and OzPost under the spotlight. And we're coming to OzPost now because the day before all this broke out with Scott Morrison, uh, the 23rd of March, uh, Australia Post was being put under scrutiny, various of their leaders, by a number of senators.
1: Now, Lisa, one of the things, that, and in the next segment as well, what you see is a lot of dramatic stuff actually happens in Parliament that you don't get to see because the media doesn't report it. And we're going to show you in these clips that you know, when, when the senators do their job, they can often do a good job. Senate estimates is where they scrutinise the different departments, government business enterprises, et cetera. So the first clip is the chair who, who stabbed Christine Holgate in the back and threw under the bus on behalf of the government, who we've exposed, is, is under he's being asked about her, um, the way she was forced out, and look at him squirm and stammer and the pressure he's under because this is this man is a guy who's trying to get away with a cover-up.
3: Can you please clarify whether Ms Holgate was suspended from the role or if her employment was terminated by Australia Post?
4: Thank you, Senator. Um, The short answer is that she stood aside during the course of the four-week investigation as it was identified at that time. that came about after a number of discussions on the afternoon of the 22nd of October (coughs) where the board, (coughs) excuse me, the board met uh, that afternoon to consider the issues that had been identified uh, over a number of discussions that I had with uh, uh, Christine Holgate. We advised her that we wished her to stand aside while this investigation took place she was clearly reluctant to do so initially, but over a number of discussions she ultimately agreed late that afternoon that she would stand aside and, uh, and uh, in fact, we announced that we would appoint Rodney as an acting uh, group, general, uh, group, gen- uh, group CEO uh, and, uh, and advised her accordingly that afternoon.
3: So she's currently stood aside?
4: No, no, no. Uh, that was on the 22nd of October. On the 2nd of November, uh, we, the board, received an email from Christine uh, offering to stand aside. Uh,
3: sorry uh, to stand aside. With the language, sorry. it's really important. Thank oh, your here. pardon. She's currently standing aside. So, sorry,
4: my, my fault.
3: She emails you and says. She
4: emailed us on the 20, uh, 20, uh, sorry, the 2nd of November, mm-hmm. and offered her resignation. Uh, effective immediately, and uh, we uh, met, considered her position and responded back uh, that afternoon and uh, accepted her resignation. So and, and so has not been an employee of Australia Post since the afternoon of the 22nd of October. Sorry, 2nd of, uh, of November, beg your pardon.
3: Yes, let's get, get our um, facts straight.
1: Now, that's, that's the chair, Lucio Di Bartolomeo, under, under pressure. Um, and you can see the way he's, he's, he's not handling it very well. The next clip, the series of clips, Elisa, is the best part of the show because Bridget McKenzie is a National Party senator and herself someone who was scapegoated by this government, right, over the Sports Rorts Affair, that went much higher than her, but she had to fall on her sword. She hasn't got mad; she's getting even, and she took on um, Australia Post over this Boston Consulting Group report, which is what uh, is being hidden from Parliament because it's about the privatisation. But look at the way Senator Jane Hume intervenes every time. Now, last year, I went on a rant on this show about how Senator, when when Christine Holgate was being hammered by Kimberly Kitching, completely. Um, unreasonably, Senator Hume just sat there and did nothing. And that made me think, was she in on it? Mm. Look at the way she's acting differently in this hearing. She's determined to block any discussion of this Boston Consulting Group report. But more importantly, look at how Bridget McKenzie takes her on, Mm. right? This is a massive split in the coalition that's happened over this issue.
3: Have you lifted anything from it anyway? It's not Some really of the appropriate findings? for anybody from Australia Post to speak to the contents of that report. I'm so asking I'm in an dependency. independent agency, Minister, yes. a question. But the report is the property of the shareholder departments, not Australia I'm not Post. Asking so it's, for it's inappropriate report. for I'm all not the asking employees the of report. Australia Post to speak I'm to, I'm to not its contents. I'm asking for the report, Minister. I'm asking an independent agency uh, if there were any helpful suggestions in a, a document they may have read in February that they've chosen to implement in their organisation. So did the draft report you see, when you mentioned automation, uh, suggest cutting jobs, cutting services, divesting your parcels um, section?
5: Uh, I don't believe it's uh, it's appropriate for me to comment on a report for government. I think the government has claimed a public um, immunity on that report. Um, I don't think it's appropriate that I comment on that. So you can't tell the
3: Senate whether the draft review that you looked at suggested cutting jobs, services or divesting of your parcels division? So
4: Senator McKenzie, I've got always one more has question. highlighted the fact that uh, a claim was made okay. and
5: accepted by the committee. Uh, so please okay. continue.
3: The press release from the shareholder ministers says uh, this report was to inform the incoming chair. This is the 1st of November 2019. Now we're all, we're now, what, uh, 12, 15 months down the track, and you're unable to use this report to, um, uh, inform your corporate plan 2023, which is actually why the shareholder ministers uh, commissioned this report. Is that the case?
4: Uh, Well, to the extent that we haven't received any uh, final report, that's true. Uh, We were able to benefit, however, in our ongoing discussion and dialogue while BCG was undertaking that review, uh, gleaming, as they sought information from us, we were able to gleam information from them primarily about uh, benchmarking against what other uh, postal services were doing around the world, and and that certainly has been an input for us on value.
3: But it hasn't been able to... um...
4: But but we've not seen the final report, so no.
3: And so my question again goes to, this review's recommendations and findings um, have been unable to inform you as incoming chair you know, 15 months ago, or the corporate plan, as it was supposed to have done. Well, Senator, I think... I'm I asking the Chair... Say, well, I'm asking the well, Chair... Is it in, with the government that commissioned the report? Surely the government should respond? I'm very happy to table the media release, which said why the report was actually commissioned 15 months ago. It was to inform the Chair of Australia Post and to inform the corporate plan for Australia Post 20. 23. Well, it is now. It is now March so 2021. 20, the, the chair's evidence is that the order. final. Order. Senator, McKenzie. The Senator McKenzie, Strategies so. to deal with the Senator in McKenzie, Senator Mackenzie and, and Minister, you will be silent. Talking over each other is unedifying and
1: does not actually enhance the reputation of the Senate. Minister, please answer. Thank
3: you. So the review was designed for consideration by government in the context of assessing Australia Post strategies to deal with the changes in business and consumer needs, demand services the and press impact press. of long-term changes to the way that Australians use e-commerce and operating challenges. The report is the property of the shareholder departments, not Australia Post, and therefore it's inappropriate for Australia Post employees to speak to its contents. Senator McKenzie has As board. my questions, we're not asking the Chair to speak to its contents about how this report was its intent was to inform the corporate plan. because it, the government is refusing to release it, uh, it is unable to do its perfunctory um, why it was actually commissioned in the first place. That's because Chair it's still Knight- under cabinet consideration. I Knight-
1: Knight- um, Now, Lisa, just to be clear, those two women are in the same government. Different parties, but yes. that's the coalition. One's a national, one's a liberal, and they're going hammer to and tongs. blows. The, and the chairman has to inter, intervene to stop it. Now, this is a massive split that's that's happening over this issue. The National Party is finding some backbone. Um, a little point I need to make about one of, one of the things that came out of this hearing, because, because they chose to make a mountain out of a, a molehill of the watches bought in 2018, um, the outcome is that the... Chair, the 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 chief executive of Australia Post no longer has a company credit card. Yeah. So he's so the, the chief executive of Australia Post is entrusted to manage a seven billion dollar organisation, just not spend any money on incidentals. All right? This is nuts. This is this is the, this this company is under siege. They're in disarray. They're paralysed. They can't function properly. All because politicians playing political games um, decided to slaughter Christine Holgate because she got in the way of their agenda. So we have to rescue this company. And that starts with getting her reinstated.
0: Yep. Now, after this break, we're going to come back and see some other senators grilling the RBA. Welcome back to the Citizens Report. We're now discussing RBA. Senators are revolting. So we're talking about the Reserve Bank being under the spotlight now. Um, And it's really, just to make the point, excellent to see that you have these senators really enforcing the democratic process and we see we've seen that also with our engagement of the population into senate committees. Um, so now we're going to look at the RBA Deputy Governor Guy DeBell being interrogated by Senator Jared Rennick. But there are also a couple of other senators um, from the Greens, Nick McKim and Matt Canavan from the National Party that we won't show, but they also made an excellent intervention.
1: Now this this is quite an, an extraordinary hearing. This is the second time that we noted that the RBA has appeared before Senate estimates because they didn't do it for a long time. They're not they're also not under oath when they appear, Elisa, because they're regarded as a special case. Hmm. We call them the High Priesthood of Finance. And in fact, Martin North and I recorded a show. That we'll link to below us on, on YouTube, where people can see all the footage of all the three senators. So it was Jared Rennick, which we'll show now, Senator Nick McKim, and then Senator Matt Canavan, and they all took the RBA on in a way that made the RBA squirm under the spotlight of its, you know, trying to hold it democratically accountable for its decisions, um, which have which just which have such a big impact on the economy. And the big issue is this: Are you helping the real economy or the speculation in housing? Mm-hmm. Because all they do helps speculation in housing, and Senator Rennick set the tone with these questions.
6: I would characterise the purpose of that is to, uh, of the term funding facility, was to provide low-cost funding to the financial system, to and then and hence to borrowers, both households and businesses, on the back of that. The evidence suggests that's exactly what's happened. We saw yeah. borrowing rates come down on the back of that, so I'd say it's working as
5: yeah, sure. I mean, I'd argue, and this isn't your responsibility, by the way, but if we can find $200 billion to underwrite banks or back them up, uh, we need to find a similar amount of money to build some infrastructure and get the real economy moving as well. Has the RBA modelled what the inflation rate would be if it hadn't excluded land from the CPI in 1998? So we don't make any decisions as to what's included and excluded from the CPI? That's oh, I realise that, but have you modelled what the inflation rate would be? if land hadn't been excluded from the CPI? No. Right, because that to me is a big part of when you justify lowering interest rates, you say inflation's low, but yet the CPI doesn't include the cost of existing housing or land. And let's face it, the average price of housing has risen by 7% on average over the last 30 years, Mm -hmm. and that's been excluded from inflation. And you have to ask yourself, had that not been excluded from inflation, could you lower interest rates? Because right now, I think, We've got the potential of an a, a housing bubble. We've got interest r- rates right down to you know the cash rates 0.1%. You know f- uh, homes are going, home loans are going for 2%. There's only one way, and that's up from here. Um, so I guess there's a lesson in this: is do we include inflation? Uh, sorry, the price of existing houses in inflation, and is that something that you should be taking into account when you're lowering interest rates? Well, I
4: think the answer, uh, Dr. DeBell has already given, indicates that that's not within the purview of the RBA, but...
5: Well, I mean, I know it's not in the definition of inflation, but the fact is, is that this asset bubble has created a divide between so the haves with housing and those who don't have housing. So we certainly um, take the,
6: the, you know, the effect of our interest rate decisions on house prices as something to we take into account in the setting of our monetary policy decisions. Um, you know, it's, some of that is the way that some of the, you know, Okay. of our policy actions are transmitted
5: Sure. So, so how do we get out of this now? We've got interest rates at 2%, we've got a big housing bubble, interest rates are going to get up. How are you going to get us out of this? So I suppose one thing to
6: note, Senator, is if we hadn't provided this stimulus, we'd have a lot higher unemployment. So that's a choice that you have to make, right? Our mandate is to achieve full employment and low inflation. Uh, and so if we had higher interest rates, if we did not have as much monetary policy stimulus as we had in, uh, as we've put in place, we'd be facing
5: considerably higher unemployment than we have at the moment. Well, I'd, rather, I'd argue JobKeeper's done a lot to keep people employed. I mean, regardless of that, interest rates are going salary. to go one way. Well, it's a serious, it's, it's, no, 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 it's a serious, it's a serious problem. Serious no, problem. No, I'm, I'm not denying it. This, this is estimates. I need to get confidence that these guys are going to be able to get us out of it without crashing. And this, housing is, this is and about the economy
4: asking the officials questions. It's not yeah. about debating for them. I'm just... You've yeah. well, well, had, yeah, had a pretty good, good go. It is. is yeah. we,
1: we are short of time. Yeah. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Now, Lisa, even though you see these senators that like Jared Rennick standing up to the RBA, look at the chairman trying to protect the RBA from the questioning. That's how the establishment actually works in parliament. But it's good there's more and more senators starting to defy that, right? That's why the show with Martin North is called Senators Defy the High Priesthood of Finance. Now, Nick McKim followed it up with a question, do you accept that monetary policy has assisted the speculative sector of the economy, i.e. housing more than the productive sector? And, and the uh, RBA squirmed to that. And Matt Canavan took on a technical issue about yield curve manipulation. And he said, the market's not backing you up. Mm. But he also warned, look, inflation can make all this blow up in your face, right? And that will have huge consequences in the economy.
0: Yeah, there's great concerns rising globally about the slightest raise in interest rates blowing an entire debt bubble, which we discuss in this week's Australian Alert Service because all the liquidity that's been bumped in can blow when that begins to be diffused. So ring in to find out more. We've run out of time again. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Robert. Thanks, Lisa. See you next week.